Welcome to episode 41 of Beyond the Crops, the podcast where we share the real and raw behind the scenes of conventional farming and what it's like to raise a family on America's backroads. I'm MP. And I'm Jenna. Last week, we talked about diversifying income streams in your operation. And this week, we're excited to bring you an interview episode with a special guest. Today, we're discussing where to start with your small business. Peggy Coffeen is the founder of Uplevel Dairy, a podcast that offers content specific to the needs of competitive, successful dairy owners, managers, and their most trusted advisors. She's an entrepreneur herself, and we're excited to dive into her entrepreneurial journey, along with some of some tips from our own to offer you inspiration today. Welcome to the podcast, Peggy. Hey, thank you for having me. We want you to start just kind of by giving us an introduction on who you are, where you're from, and what got you to where you are today. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, so Peggy Coffee and I come to you from Wisconsin. So up in the Woo-hoo. Green Bay area. Yeah. <laughs> upper Midwest. <laughs> and, um, and you know, my background's all been in the dairy industry. And so grew up, you know, in a little, little small town in Southern Wisconsin, milking cows. And we had a tie stall barn with like the picturesque little red barn at the bottom of the valley and the white fences. You know, that's, that's how I grew up milking cows. But yeah, dairy's kind of been my jam, um, you know, ever since I grew up as a kid doing, doing that lifestyle and, uh, and just pursued that for my career. And, um, you know, my career really has been in dairy industry communications, most of that time as an editor and a journalist. And uh, now I have my own business podcasting. And I also have another small business that I started um, independently as well from our little farm here up in the De Pere area. Jen and I were very passionate about small businesses. We've talked about our small businesses on the podcast before. Um, and we know like the impact that it can have on your life, your lifestyle, day to day, all of it. So we're excited to kind of today dive deep into more of like a beginner's guide and where to start. Okay, Peggy, tell us, where did you come up with the idea for your business or businesses? If you want to talk about all of the facets that you have. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll give you a little background and we're going to rewind about, oh gosh, like five years ago already. Um, so like I said, most of my career has been in journalism communication. So I was an editor for a magazine, Progressive Dairy. So that was, you know, really my, my passion for a very long time was writing and telling these stories about dairy farmers and dairy producers. And in the meantime, my husband and I have a little hobby farm here in De Pere. We raise a few head of cattle. Uh, our kids, you know, do the showing and all that. And then we have a few acres. So a few years back, my husband came home one day with this crazy idea and he's like, I was just talking to some people and we can grow hemp in our backyard. Like we've got this acreage. It's supposed to be like this, you know, really high profit per acre crop. And my husband's a numbers guy. He's a banker. He's, a, you know, he's a farm loan, loan officer. So like that is his jam. Right. And so he comes home and he's like, we're going to grow hemp in our backyard. And I'm like, you are insane. And I don't want to go to jail. So that's not happening. And I would say like, like everything else, you know, here three months after that conversation, here I am hand planting 900 plants in our backyard. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so I give him the credit for coming home with crazy ideas that I did not agree with, but begrudgingly went along with. And, um, and so, so what I didn't realize, you know, five years ago was that was really the start of not just a business, but it planted a seed for a whole nother business in the dairy industry. And so, um, 
So I'll just kind of share where I was at in life at that point. And like, you might be able to relate to this too. So, so we have four kids. And at that point, our youngest was like two. And I don't know if you felt this way ever, but like, you know, you kind of lose yourself a little bit in mothering littles, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think I spent, I had spent like, you know, several years in what I would almost call like survival mode where, you know, like you are, you go, you do your work, but then so much of your time and your energy is just taking care of yourself, raising people, raising them inside of your bodies during that time, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, you know, kind of a, as I kind of came out of that fog of, of not sleeping for a few years, um, it kind of started to, you know, like question is what I'm doing. Is it enough? And it's a really tough question to ask yourself when everything is going really well in life, right? You know, I had a great job and was able to do a lot of wonderful things with that. I had flexibility, you know, with it too and beautiful family and like beautiful children and everyone's happy and healthy and we have a great life. And, and I found myself at times being like, Ugh, but something like there's something missing. There's something in me and I don't know what it is, but there's something missing. And I remember just, you know, really like really, um, you know, leaning into my faith and, and praying a lot about it and asking God for, you know, a vision of what, what, what direction he wanted me to go. And I felt really guilty even asking for that because like I said, we had, we had so much, right? Like right. there's nothing wrong yeah. with life. And, um, and I always say like, fine is the F word, you know, everything was fine. Everything was fine. Everything was, you know, more than fine, but I just felt like there was just something, something that was a little bit missing. And what that ended up opening up was this crop that we had in our backyard that we were growing this hemp for CBD. And, <laughs> you know, and at that time, like nobody knew what that was. I, some people thought we were, you know, had changed our interests significantly <laughs> in life and we're going down a different path and like, no, it's a crop. The whole idea was we were going to grow it and sell it like a commodity, right? Like any other farmer. And, um, and what I started to realize is, uh, as I started to kind of take a little bit more ownership in what we were doing and what we were growing was that we actually had something really unique. And that was the fact that if we chose, I could see that if we chose not to sell it as a commodity, we could share it with people as something locally grown, traceable, trustworthy. And, you know, I would think, I would think back to all of these times as a journalist, I sat in these dairy meetings talking about niche marketing right? And on-farm businesses and would take notes and report on the stories. And all of a sudden it clicked that I'm like, well, why don't I just do that with what we're growing in our backyard? And, um, and so, you know, that was the kind of the vision that started to unfold was to take our product from our farm and be able to tell a story that other people that were kind of getting into that business at the time couldn't tell because the number one concerns people had about, you know, hemp-based products and CBD, which if anybody, you know, doesn't know what that is, it's a relative of the marijuana plant, but it has a different stack of genetics, just like corn, right? Like different varieties of corn, different varieties of this plant that have some really great health benefits, like better sleep and anti-inflammatory and reduction in stress and things like that. So, um, so there's a lot of, you know, people that had questions about what it was, where it was coming from. 
And they're like, well, I'd really love to try it, but I just don't know who to trust. So I saw this opportunity to say, okay, we can market something we grew right here on our farm in our own backyard. I can tell a story of how we've done it and show people and invite them out to our farm to see it and experience like not just what we're growing, but how we're growing and why we're growing it. So that kind of just gave me this, you know, vision to start this little business called pre CBD and pre is P apostrophe apostrophe R I. And it's a Hebrew word that means fruit. And um, that was kind of the whole purpose behind the brand and the inspiration came from um, Galatians 522. It's a Bible verse and it talks about the fruit of the spirit. Mind you, at this time, I'm a magazine editor, yeah. then <laughs> I don't know what, you know, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I literally went to the library and got this book called Digital Marketing for Dummies <laughs> and checked it out. And, and that was the first thing that I did. And I started reading through it. And uh, one of the most powerful things that came out of that was, you know, step number one, develop your customer avatar. And that was like really just writing out and kind of like journaling out who do I want to buy my product? And, you know, one of the things that I would see as I started to kind of connect more into the community of local growers and makers and marketers, you know, of all kinds of goods in the Green Bay area here, one of the things that I would see that they would, that a lot of them were doing was not being specific with who their ideal customer was. And so, you know, I would go back to that avatar and say, okay, like, you know, who am I selling to? I'm selling to women like me. Women like me that are interested in natural ways to reduce their stress and get better sleep and that want a product that they're proud to pull out of their purse in public and want to be connected with something where they know what's in it, where it came from, and that it is a natural way for them to be at their best, perform at their best, be the best mom they can be, be the best you know person they can be when they show up at work, when they show up at home. And that was really what you know I kind of journaled out and built from there saying, okay, well, if that's who I want to buy my product are women like me, what does it need to look like, you know, packaging wise and all of that for, for it to be that. And so those are kind of some of the initial steps in building that first business. Um, but then, you know, when I, when I really just had this passion and deeper inspiration to see that I could do my own thing in the dairy industry too, uh, it was going back to those basic steps and repeating them. So yeah, so that's kind of a, a little bit of the <laughs> a little bit of the the beginnings. So what's your day to day look like in within the two businesses? So my day to day today it looks like ninety five percent of my time is focused on my up level dairy podcast and up level dairy business. And so over the last five years, I have kind of built out a little team that handles most of my CBD business. So that means I have a fantastic girl that does social media and email marketing. I have a guy that houses my inventory and does my packaging and shipping. I have a girl that does my website updates and things like that. It sounds like I really have it all together. But the only reason that that business is in the state it's in is because of the extreme burnout and stress that I created for myself over the last five years, <laughs> that was, you know, kind of prompted me to, to get to that point. And, you know, like, so that's what today looked like. If I were to rewind about three years, 
Um, let me paint a picture for what it looked like then. It looked like my home office here in you know Wisconsin inside my house and my desk and my computer where I was doing magazine editing by day. And then two or three walls of the room around me filled with CBD product inventory and shipping boxes. And that's how I was spending my nights. <laughs> I feel called and- out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Like we can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So then you get you get it. You get it. Yeah. But I think <laughs> and, we're still uh, in that phase. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what though? Like I think you have to there's there's beauty in that phase. And that like tell me if you relate to any of this. But um at that point, what I loved about that phase for one was in marketing a product, I love the fact that I felt like I touched every customer. Yep. I agree with that mm-hmm. so deeply. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I love, I love that, you know? And in fact, like one of the unique things about my brand is it's a faith-based brand. So I would hand write a little prayer card that would go out with each of my orders in addition to, you know, packaging it. And, um, and I loved, I loved that until it got to the point where I realized that my prayers were not as genuine and sincere anymore because I was stressed while I was writing them. And, um, and so, you know, like as I started to kind of really look at this business and be like, is it running, it's running my life. It's kind of, I'm trying to relieve stress for other people, but creating more for myself. (laughs) I started to kind of let go of a few things and really stop trying to do it all myself, which took a long time. Um, but what I ended up doing was finding a few women that I knew that I was already connected with that had really strong faith bases as well and asked them if they would like to write these prayer cards. So I kind of was able to take that one task first and have other people participate in it in a way that they felt blessed. And I was able to share that with others. And I realized I didn't have to be the one to do it all myself. And this is like the snapshot. You're like, it sounds like this all happened fast. The whole not doing it all myself thing. It did not. It did not. (laughs) Did you back up a little bit here? Did you develop all of the products too? Like you had this idea, like, I don't just want to sell the hemp as a commodity. Let's make products from our farm. What did that look like? Good question. So the first product that, um, that I offered was like a, an oil that you put under your tongue. So, you know, people might be familiar with that. And, um, it just so happened that there was a local processor that could take our, our plant and turn it into this oil. And so, so that was kind of the easy one. Right. Mm -hmm. But then, um, as people started to ask more and more, they're like, well, do you have, you know, pain salves or I've heard these bath bombs are awesome. And, you know, and kind of more body care and topical products. Um, I realized that, oh, well, I can, you know, I can take what we have here and I can start playing around. So here I found myself like in the kitchen, you know, during COVID making lip balms and body butters and all kinds of stuff on the stove (laughs) and hand making bath bombs. And um, so, yeah, so I ended up actually creating products that I wanted for myself and figuring out how to formulate them, um, just kind of just do, just doing it. Uh, so yeah, so I actually kind of came up with most of the topical ones on my own, but then I was able to find, uh, through just a Facebook group of local entrepreneurs, uh, 
a girl that was within a half hour of me that specialized in small batch natural body care. And so, yeah, so I connected with her and, you know, eventually, um, you gave her my little recipes that I was working on and, and then she became my, my maker. And, you know, here again, I realized that I could, I could support her business by allowing her to support mine. And that was a really good feeling when I finally gave up the control of trying to do it all myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you're making these science experiments in your kitchen and there's like stuff everywhere, did your husband ever have like a second thought where he was like, I'm kind of the reason this is happening? (laughs) Or like, did he ever (laughs) doubt that part of the journey? Like where we're headed? (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've been there with yeah. mine too. So that's why I had to ask. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, and you know, and it, it's, it's interesting and you know, how, how there can be kind of a common, a common thread, right? So like, whether it's like what you were doing or what I was doing, but two people can find fulfillment out of it in different ways. Right. And so like when I would talk to my husband, when I'm like, you know, cooking in the kitchen and he would say <laughs> things to me like, we need to get this on all of the every Walgreens in Wisconsin. And I'm like, that sounds miserable. Like that sounds like like the most disconnected, sterile, like way of taking what we're doing and sharing it. Yeah. And so you can relate. So like, I think that's one of the things that you learn as you get into the business that you develop for yourself is what is it that really fulfills you out of it? You know, yeah. like, is it, the, is it being able to grow a business and to get it on? Yeah. To blow it out of the water and mass produce or, you know, what I really ended up finding more and more for me was it was personal connection, personalized connection. Mm-hmm. So. so you kind of have made the C- the hemp business hands off, kind of like you said, how has that transition gone as you kind of Do you feel like a loss of connection or are you replacing that or how does that feel for you? Yeah, that's a good question. So my number one, the number one thing that held me back for a long time was what happens if I'm not the one touching everything, right? Like this is my vision. This is my baby. This is how I feel like I'm helping people in a meaningful way. What happens if I'm not the one doing it? And so that was actually really hard to overcome for a long time. Um, but, uh, you know, what kind of replaced it was as I saw the opportunities of what, when I learned about setting up my own business on, you know, just from scratch, it gave me confidence to see that I could do it in the dairy industry. And that's really, truly, you know, where my heart and passion is. And, um, and so that has completely, you know, provided that different level of fulfillment, taking that same skill set and channeling it into how I can serve people in the dairy industry. Um, so does that make sense? Like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I can yeah. really relate to so, it. Now that yeah. you are more hands-off with pre, it, do you feel like that business it, it's where you want it to be? And it's just kind of like staying the course or is there, are you hoping to grow that and scale that at all? So, you know, at this point, I'm really happy with where it's at. Uh-huh. Um, which is, yeah, again, was a little bit, you know, was kind of a learning curve because originally my goals were growth. Right. Um, but 
I also, I will say this too. Um, I, through doing this, I had enrolled myself um, in some coaching programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of them was through a program of actually there's a paid program that I did. And then also a free program called score, which is available like all over the country. And they, you like, if you go to score S C O R E, like you can find business mentors. And so I had this business mentor, um, who was really helpful. We would get on a call every month or two or whatever. And, and she would, um, you know, we would talk through what my goals were. And as we talked about growth and scaling, I felt pressure that I should do that in my business. And she's like, you don't have to, you know, like she's like, in order for me to grow and scale, I would have had to invest a lot more capital. Whereas the way that I had it set up and the way I still have it set up is extremely low overhead, right? Like I don't have a storefront. I don't own processing equipment. And in order for me to scale, I would have had to make those investments. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that did not excite me. And when I was kind of going through the coaching programs and um, really, you know, what it helped me also do was define what is it that I really, what is it I really want? You know, and when I would think about leaving my dairy career to do the CBD business full time, I never, I could never wrap my arms around that. I could never be all in with my heart and my mind into doing that. Something always held me back from doing that. As a business owner, you kind of have to know, like you have to stay in your lane and decide if you do want to do that or not, because that's huge decisions on your money, your time, which are our most precious resources. And I feel like Mary Pat and I can probably relate on that decision on our businesses as well. Yeah. I have written down in my notes, something that has really resonated with me as I've made business decisions over the year. And it's how do you want to spend your time? And because, or how do you want to spend your days? Because how we spend our days is how we spend our life. Mm -hmm. And does your business align with that? So mm, yes, I think it's like very important to keep that in mind as you're thinking through decisions and the direction that you're heading. So we've talked a lot about pre. Tell us, I we you, I know you have the Up Level Dairy podcast. What else yeah. do you do with the dairy industry? Like, what was that transition? And you said that's where 95% of your time is now. Is yeah. kind of talk about the scale or growth of that as well. Yeah. So 95% of my time now is on Up Level Dairy and Up Level Dairy podcast is the most forward facing part of that. And mm-hmm. so that is really the business that I look at and set my metrics and my goals around go around growth, but also, you know, really trying to stretch my mind to think about how do I make this a sustainable business and how do I build out a team around it, which I'm still kind of trying to work through what that looks like. Um, But it goes back to what you just shared, Mary Pat. And that was, you know, how do you want to spend your time? And is it in alignment with the life that you want? Right? Because like, we can all go 100 miles an hour, and we can all set big goals. But what do you leave on the table if that's what you're pursuing? And what are you ignoring if that's where you're giving your 110%? And, and I definitely have had some, you know, moments where I've had to just, you know, recalibrate and, and, and ask, am I in alignment here? So when it comes to, you know, the podcast now and up level dairy, like I spend uh, most of my time, um, on the podcast. I do a little bit of speaking um, and things like that too, but really facilitation is my jam. I would say like my my role, my purpose is to hold the spotlight 
and shine it on others. Like, so I'm building the stage so I can hold the spotlight. Like it's really not because I need it or want it or like it, (laughs) but you know, in order for other people to shine, like somebody has got to build the stage and hold that light. And that's, that's how I look at, you know, what I do, my purpose in doing it. When a new opportunity or an idea comes, Peggy, how do you decide if you go out after it? Like if it's worthwhile, is this worth my time? Am I getting myself another full-time job or am I, is this a good opportunity (laughs) to diversify for my family? Like what does that process look like for you? Yeah. So, um, so it has looked different and it has evolved. And so I will use just even the last year and a half of having, you know, being completely independent in my businesses um, as an example. And so as I started out, like I said, I was doing some marketing and branding for other people and then also starting my own podcast and also, you know, doing more like some speaking gigs and things like that. And a few other, you know, a few other things on the side, some consulting work and whatever else. And, um, and you know, what I realized was that you think that sometimes you think that every opportunity can be a good opportunity. And like, that's how I see the world, right? I really had to take some time to refocus and, and say like, okay, what is it that I truly want? Right. And, um, and that's not an easy question. Uh, but I remember like last summer, last June, it was almost a year since we had, since I had been on my own and we had done a family trip to Colorado. We drove through Nebraska. It was beautiful. (laughs) And, um, it was, it was gorgeous. Really loved it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we went to Southwest Colorado and I took my journal and I'm like, I'm going to do my year, my year visioning right now. You know, I'm almost a year into my business. I'm going to do my visioning for this next year in this quiet place. And, um, and what I really, you know, journaled out was what I wanted my life to look like a year later. And the things that I wrote down were don't do more. (laughs) Don't start new. Do what you're already doing and just keep making it better. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that, you know, I kind of really just journaled through that and felt really connected to that vision of focusing in on the podcast. And that's when it, it, helped me to start saying no, saying no to some things I was already doing, some clients I was work doing work for. Um, and, uh, and, you know, just trusting myself and saying, okay, if I go all in on the one thing and just continue to look for ways to improve it and get better and better at it all the time, that will be the biggest, you know, trigger, the biggest lever that I can pull. And so that has been like reconnecting with that vision. Maybe this is the long explanation for the importance of getting really clear on what it is that you truly want and just sticking with it. Um, Because shiny object syndrome is real. Mm -hmm. You said something that I want to pull out because I can really resonate well with it too, as you talked about really kind of removing yourself from real life and journaling on your trip. And that's something that I remember from when I was starting my business that I did is I went to a mastermind and just disconnected myself from real life because as moms with little kids, you guys know how hard is it to get like a chunk of time just to think. Uh (laughs) Yes. Because anytime you're away from your kids, you're like, oh my goodness, there's a a million things on my to-do list that come before dreaming about my business. (laughs) Right. You're just trying to survive. (laughs) Yes. So when you actually schedule time to take away and 
like that's your purpose for being somewhere or doing something. That was the needle mover for me in starting mm. this, the business that I'm doing, putting most of my energy into now. And I think that's something that people can take away, even though it, it's an, an, it can be an investment for sure of time, trying to figure out what to do with your kids while you're away, all of that stuff. It can be incredibly valuable. Oh yeah. Jenna, have you done some of that too? Oh have, yeah, I yeah. have. And I actually, somebody shared recently a girl's trip to Nashville and it was a business trip. And I reposted it this morning saying that was a pivotal, pivotal moment in my online business and sharing online and actually treating it like a business. So yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah. Peggy, before we kind of wrap up and have you share with our listeners where they can find you besides your podcast and how to find all of that, could you, do you have just one piece of advice for young female entrepreneurs like ourselves that you would want to, that might have an idea, might have a business already? Just like what kind of soundbite would you like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing that I remind myself of every day is people pay to solve problems. And when I say pay in my CBD business, right, I'm selling a product, right? So people are going to buy a product if they're clear on that's going to solve a problem that I have. In my podcast, I feel like, and in yours too, people pay in, in time and mm-hmm. attention. Like that is the currency for media. And uh, like people will pay either in dollars or time and attention, which is actually more valuable than dollars um, mm-hmm. because it's finite. If you can come back to, you know, just asking yourself that question, but it's not, it's really not asking yourself. You know what it is? It's asking the people that you want to serve. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so like, that's something I did when I was about a year into my podcast was I took time and I called up a bunch of people that I knew listened and just, ask some questions and just listen. And, and, you know, so that, that helps me. Like that's what everything that I base my conversations around is what problems that they're trying to solve. And, um, so that'd be my, my little tip or takeaway that no matter if you're selling beef or you are selling honey or you're doing digital online marketing, it's understanding who do you want to serve the problems that they have, and then how you can be a provider of that solution. I love that. I love it. Why don't you go ahead and tell us where we our listeners can connect with you then? Yeah. Uh, so for listening to Up Level Dairy Podcasts, that is on all the major platforms. So Apple and Spotify are the most common ones you can find that on and YouTube as well. Uh, and then if you want to check out the little CBD business, it's PRICBD.com. So pretty easy places to find me, um, but would love to, to connect more um, with women and especially those that are on their own entrepreneurial journeys. But what I find is an entrepreneurial journey is really a journey of figuring out who you really are, what you really want, and the best ways that God's put something in you to give to the world. So, Absolutely. I love that. Thank you so much, Peggy, for coming on today. And we hope that you, our listeners, got something great out of this episode or some inspiration as you're on your own journeys through life. And we'll link um, all of your platforms in our show notes. So if anyone's looking to connect with you, they can head to the show notes and find those links direct. And Peggy, if you want to give us the link to that YouTube video, we could link that. To yes, that, that too. Oh, yes. Yeah, yep. I will. I will. 
Remember to tune in when new episodes drop every Tuesday. Leave us a review and find us outside the podcast on our social channels linked in the show notes. See you next time.